Episode 110, the best weight loss tools for 2024. Welcome to the School of Weight Loss podcast, where we empower you to reach your healthy weight goals with less wasted effort, money, and time. This is the podcast that uses evidence-based tips and tools to simplify weight loss for the ladies who've tried it all. If you struggle with obesity or being overweight, you're tired of endless dieting and never reaching your goals and just plain tired with life, this is the podcast for you. I'm your host, obesity medicine certified physician, life and weight loss certified coach, Dr. Emily Vinzan. Let's get this episode started. Happy New Year's! Yeah! My lively ladies in the making, I know what you're thinking. All right, it's the time to get serious about losing weight again. <laughs> Can we just take a moment and just take that out of our rhetoric right now? Right? If you're eating, you can create weight loss. So I thought a lot about what I wanted to share with you on New Year's Day. And I think I really do want to start with what you most want to hear for New Year's Day is tell me about these tools. Tell me what works. Tell me what doesn't. Tell me what's coming down the pike. Tell me what might work for me and what might not. Help me get clean on my plan for hitting my healthy weight goals in 2024. Last year, I did a Reach Your Healthy Weight Challenge. I'm going to change it up a bit this year. Check the link in the show notes if you're interested in joining us because I really am excited about all the weight loss tools we have. And I think that oftentimes picking weight loss tools starts with doing it from diet brain. And I just want to share with you that we're not doing that this year. <laughs> this is my newest addition to it. We're doing it by doing a serious scientific look. Because here's what I want you to know. There's a lot of amazing weight loss tools. And I'm going to tell you, medicine is offering more and more. And that is exciting news. I really do believe that's exciting news for all of us. That being said, I recently read one of the leading experts in obesity medicine research. His assistant wrote an article that said, with great power, comes great responsibility. And I actually believe that's 100% true. So on today's podcast, I wanna share with you that I'm going to be teaching you about the greatest weight loss tools that we have available in 2024. And I'm gonna share with you three aspects of them because when you consider this, I want you to understand from a whole healthy you standpoint, the pluses and the minuses of these tools. A lot of us have believed historically that like, diet culture, diet brain, diet world was the key to weight loss. And I think that the more tools that are popping up, we're just nailing the heck out of how wrong that is. Yet my biggest heartache as an obesity medicine physician, I recently met with another doctor who really likes to do obesity medicine. We are discussing like potentially what we could do together and maybe some possibilities, but it was really fun to discuss with her I think it helped me to get really clean on what I think about with a weight loss. And here's how I described it to her. And she was in complete agreement. I love that. But I was like, I am so disheartened right now with where obesity medicine is going, because I think we have so much potential with our new tools. And it's sad to me that places that historically have represented diet culture are making the new weight loss tools into a new aspect of diet culture and calling it not diet culture. 
Isn't that silly? I mean, think about that, right? Really think about that. That doesn't make any sense. But that's what the weight loss industry will do for you. And so if you're interested in the fly-by-night stuff, if you're interested in that, this just isn't the place to find that. And I want to be fair with you in telling you that first. Like any look at weight loss that I'm interested in is finding the best tools, but the best tools in a way that you can use them to your benefit to create lasting weight loss. Yes, speed does matter, but speed isn't the be all end all, right? Speed often comes with higher consequences. And there's a lot of stats we know out there that like the most lasting weight loss is a pound to two pounds a week. Like you're not going to lose faster than that typically and see it be a lasting strategy for you. So when I take a look at these, we're going to look at it through three different aspects today. Effectiveness, like what kind of weight loss results can you expect with them? What are the potential side effects or how do they make you feel, right? If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that I'm all about this being a way that you can stick to. I hate the word permanent weight loss. I just actually, it's like a pet peeve of mine almost as much as diet culture is because nothing is permanent. You will be eating the rest of your life. So you'll be making decisions the rest of your life. I think we say permanent weight loss because it sounds easy. It's kind of like saying, I'll give you the magic pill, but that's just simply not true with any tool you take. What they do is they change your relationship with food. They change how you eat. That's it. And the good news in that is that creating that in the third aspect I want to look at, a sustainability way, a way that's sustainable is the long-term path. You literally will create weight loss if you do this in a way that looks at it from the big picture, like I always recommend you do. You will do it in a way that it becomes so much simpler to stick to. And might that look like a permanent number on the scale? I mean, kind of. But there's no tool out there. I've had them all use them all. There's no tool out there that's just like, take this one pill once and your weight will be this forever. The tools will help you to create sustainable weight loss. And I think that is as important as anything else in this overall picture. So without further ado, I just wanted to give you a little background of how we're gonna look at this, right? We're gonna look at effectiveness, how they make you feel or potential side effects, and then how sustainable is this for the long term for you? Let's get started by looking, and I've done variations of this podcast before. I just wanted to update it because I think it's important. I'm an obesity medicine physician. If somebody shared this podcast with you and this is your first time finding me, that means I'm a doctor who's done extra boards in obesity medicine or essentially weight loss, right? It's the management of the whole person who struggles with their weight. And I love that idea, right? I think unfortunately we're seeing a lot of obesity medicine go the route of just being weight loss. And I actually recently changed my bio <laughs> on my Instagram because here's something interesting. I actually had that set up by a marketer a long time ago and I noticed it says weight loss MD. And I'm like, I want it to say obesity medicine MD. I think that this is bigger picture. Where we're seeing a lot of this going is like aesthetics now and vanity now. And I will tell you for my lively ladies, that's a part of it, but that's not really what we wanna create through weight loss, right? We wanna create the healthiest version of ourselves. We want to lose the weight and get there. Yes, we do want to have the vanity of fitting in the clothes that we have in our closet. We wanna feel confident when we look in the mirror, but we equally wanna feel energized and amazing and feel like we're leaving the legacy behind that we wanna leave. So many of my ladies tell me that they started dieting with their moms and their moms were always on a diet, always 
always miserable, always deprived. I wanna change that whole discussion here. And I wanna share with you that truly, that's how you create sustainable weight loss. That's how you do it. But most of us don't like that idea to begin with. Why? Because it sounds hard, deprivation-based and miserable. And frankly, I didn't like who I thought I'd have to become to be there, to live there, right? I always looked at people outside of me. Even when I did my weight loss clinic, in my clinic, I would look at like, I worked with a nutritionist and she was so thin. And I always was like, she must just really love dry chicken breasts and she runs marathons. And so probably to ever hit my healthy weight goals and live there, I would have to be her and I don't want to be her. That wasn't a sustainable path for me because the disconnect between who I really was and wanted to be a person who liked food and cross-stitch and reading and really loves to research things and be educated and like more than running a marathon, it just wasn't ever going to be the version of me I wanted to be. And so in that, I want you to just notice the difference in mindset when you look at these tools, right? It's as important to look at how effective they are as it is to look at how sustainable they are. And I think the tragedy that I see and the reason I wanted to update my thing to say obesity medicine and family medicine is because my interest truly in our Lively Lady Club and in some new things that I really am looking at offering in 2024 have everything to do with you getting healthy and being the healthiest version of you. Many times my ladies find me and join me in working with me because they say, you're a doctor. I know you'll do this the healthy way. But I also know recently that there was a huge, huge leading obesity medicine group that sold out to Weight Watchers for $100 million. And it's breaking my heart a bit because I don't want to be joining in that culture. Okay, so we're gonna look very fairly at all the tools. And I wanna also look at it very fairly in the aspect of how does this create the healthiest version of you? If you could pick any of these tools and get to your healthy weight goal, what would you pick? And what would create the plan that would get you there in a way that you can stick there? So we're looking at the big picture of all of the tools. And I plan to have a freebie download for you guys to take a look at with this. Um, just click the link in the show notes to go along with it. We'll also be doing a really fun little short webinar or challenge this month to go alongside it. So just click the link in the show notes if you want to join me in the Lively Lady Club, if you want to find out more about this, if you want to get the freebie to take to talk to your doctor about it, talk to other people. I think it's a beautiful space to consider. Because most people are going to be selling you one of these aspects and you have the ability to navigate this for yourself. And that's what I want to empower you to do with these tools. Without further ado, let's take a look at the weight loss tools, most effective weight loss tools of 2024. So I want to start by the most effective weight loss tool statistically. Now, let me just share a little background on what I even mean by that, because statistically means that there have been evidence-based studies to support this. That being said, there aren't a lot of evidence-based studies for some things that contribute to weight loss. Behavioral modifications, we don't have evidence-based studies on. Why? Because most of the time, to be brutally honest, there has to be an incentive to put all of the money in to do an evidence-based study. And most of the time, that's going to be because of a surgical or medical instrument that gets us those studies, right? So even in this, there is variation. I can't beat the variation, but I want to compare them statistically by gold standard first. 
So what is essentially in 2024, evidence-based wise, our greatest tool for weight loss? What is it? Do you know? I'm gonna tell you it. Studies still support the highest percentage of weight loss with the Ruin-Y gastric bypass surgery. Not the sleeve, which is what most people are getting today. That has a lower percentage than the Ruin-Y gastric bypass. This is the surgery that they cut off and reconnect part of your stomach pouch to part of your intestine. So notice, my dear lively ladies in the making, that the most effective strategies generally have the most potential side effect with them. They're also, when you look at those side effect profiles, the riskiest. That being said, that's why usually we reserve these for our most medically necessary patients in the medical world. Here's what I mean by that. Why did we go from a Ruin-Y gastric bypass surgery, which, so here's the thing about surgery is they like to say your excessive body weight percentages instead of your total body weight loss percentages. I don't love that because all of the medications and everything else is judged in total body weight. So I'm just gonna give you the approximate total body weights because Listen, these stats are enough. We don't need to be comparing like whether this is your excessive body weight or whether this is just your lean body weight. It's too confusing. It's confusing for me. So for you guys, it's too much. <laughs> Let's just leave that on the table. So it's about 30, 31% total body weight loss with a Ruin-Y gastric bypass surgery. The type of surgery where they take a pouch of your stomach and bypass a lot of it and reattach it together. As you can imagine, that's pretty extensive, that surgery, right? It also has the highest rates of effectiveness. So when we look at it as effectiveness, and that's the route we're gonna go today from high, most effective to least effective, because I think that's helpful to consider, is that it also has the potential to have the greatest impact on how you feel or side effects. When we look at this from a standpoint of the potential side effects, there's more side effects and more potential to not feel good with this than there is with the newer procedure that we see called the gastric sleeve procedure. That's the most popular weight loss surgery now. That's the surgery I had eight years ago. And so the reason for that is lots of things, like you can get some malabsorption issues because of the way it's set up, the Ruin-Y gastric bypass surgery, and you can get issues with vitamin deficiencies, you can get issues with what we call dumping syndrome, meaning like a lot of GI issues with it. You can have a lot of potential because of the extensiveness with the surgery. So how you feel may be worse with that than with the sleeve. The adverse effects are there. Generally, this is reserved for our more medically complicated patients, the patients who have a lot more weight to lose, or the patients who have a significant risk of reflux, because that's an issue with our sleeve procedure. This is a, something to discuss with a surgeon. It gets pretty complex, which one you'd necessarily qualify for if this is a route you're considering in 2024. There's a whole process behind this. The other things I want you to note with anything, truly, I'll say this across the board at this point, any of our newer tools for weight loss is always the risk. We always see the mental health risk with it, right? There's screenings behind surgery for depression and suicide risk and alcoholism. And I can do 
three more podcast episodes on that. I'm not going to get into it, but that is a side, right? Additionally, the, like a lot of my ladies have issues with arthritis and things like that. And you really do want to minimize, it's kind of different surgeons will say this differently, but you want to minimize anti-inflammatories with this. So that's been one of my things with the sleeve going forward was that I'm always nervous if I'm taking a lot of anti-inflammatories and a lot of us need that. That's just a potential to impact how you feel. So when we look at the room why, and I want to move on to the sleeve because it's more popular, the gastric sleeve procedure is where they basically make a banana out of your stomach. Let's just put it that way. They cut out most of your stomach and that space literally just makes it so that you get full faster. It doesn't have the complication rates of reattaching everything, the dumping syndrome issues. Really, there's not a lot of malabsorption issues with it. It's pretty dang safe. I mean, the stats on it are pretty similar to like appendix surgery in terms of safety. And so a lot of this increased safety, but we did give a little bit on effectiveness, right? It's going to be about a 20 to 25% of your initial body weight weight loss with that. So it's less than the Ruin Y, but it has the potential side effect profile that's better than the Ruin Y. The added things with the gastric sleep are the reflux. And this is kind of a big deal, right? This was a surprise to people. If you can imagine it, I want you to consider if your stomach turns into like a banana, there's a lot of pushback when you put too much food into it. So we have a higher rate of reflux with it. That may not sound like that big of a deal, but we also know that Barrett's esophagus and esophageal cancer come from long-standing reflux most of the time. So this is a non-reversible surgery. You can't change it afterwards. So this is a potential how you feel impact can, to consider when you're thinking about these new tools in 2024. The surgeries aren't new, but I want to put them first because they're our most effective generally. Now, the newest medications are rivaling the sleeve, I'll be honest with you. And do they have less potential for side effects? That's a great discussion to have. What I will say, though, that with the sleeve, you add on, like I said, the added reflux um, potential side effect. I will tell you, I have had a sleeve and I don't want to speak for everyone, but I do feel like I've had quite a bit of um, skeletal muscle wasting. Now that comes from fast weight loss that can come with the new shots and things like that as well. So that part, I look back on it. I haven't had a ton of side effects from it other than I think I've, I'm weaker than I used to be. Um, I wonder a lot of times if I had had the tools available that I have now, would I have made that decision eight years ago? I won't go back and give you an answer on that. I'm going to tell you, it took me years to even tell people that I'd had a sleeve because I didn't want to be the representation of this. I also regained weight after the sleeve, but I lost a lot more weight than I had lost in a very long time with it. So as with any of these tools, remember, my dear lively ladies, that changing your eating is the key to success. You're going to notice every single one of these tools has to do with changing your eating. It just is. I'll throw an exercise at the end, but alone it's so minuscule that it's not even really worth talking about. Every one of these has a way that they change your eating. Every tool has a way to change your eating. So I want you to consider how this might impact your future. If you believe that all of these tools can be a tool to help you reach your weight loss goals, the most unreversible is the sleeve. It just is. The Ruin Y is actually more reversible than the sleeve. 
That being said, usually there's a lot more side effects with the Ruin Wide than there is with the sleeve. So I can't go and undo my sleeve. And the sustainability of that is really the most important part, I think, to consider, especially if you're looking at the difference between pills and shots or surgery, right? When we talk in a minute about the pills and shots, I just want you to consider that you can stop those at any point if you have side effects. That being said, I do think we're going to see a greater rebound with them than we've ever seen. I think people are going to gain way more weight than, than they've ever gained if they don't do this with the mind management alongside it. That doesn't happen with the sleeve or the Ruin Y, right? But if you have horrible reflux with the sleeve, you're just stuck with pills. You can't really change that. And you absolutely can stretch back out your stomach. So when we say these are sustainable, these are probably our highest in terms of sustainability because it's just done, right? It's done. That being said, I know this world and I treated patients in this world for a very long time. What I saw was that many of them, myself included, were like, there's no way I'm giving up carbonated beverages. There's no way I'm giving up sugar. Our minds took us to a place where we would tell ourselves, if you're like me, you're like, I don't eat that much at a meal, so I can snack all day. And that absolutely will cause lack of sustainability. They'll tell you that up front before surgery. And you might think, I don't plan to do it. But if you haven't done the mindset work to understand that and really work through your plan to not do that, you're gonna do it. The rest of your life without a carbonated beverage, raise your hand if you plan to do that. <laughs> not very many of us. Right, so there's things that are inherently built in the sustainability of the plan that they give you with surgery success that make it less sustainable. When you consider, I think the biggest discussion that we're gonna see going forward, and it hasn't hit so much yet because of the availability of the shots, but you're gonna see something really interesting happen between shots and surgery because they're gonna end up, I think, pretty similar statistically. The question is gonna be the sustainability behind it. The sleeve is gonna show that it's gonna be more sustainable, yet people are gonna regain it if they don't get the mindset work to go with it. And that is the biggest game changer. That's just my frustration with obesity medicine. You see, I started from this route. Like I'm no different than any other doctor. I started from this route down this path. Like any other doctor that's out there that's just saying, just take a shot, just take go to surgery and not doing any work behind it. That's exactly where I was. The reason I end up, ended up so mindset heavy is because I knew what happened to me and I knew what was happening to the ladies I was treating in clinic all the time. And I was like, these are amazing tools, but if you don't get the other side behind it, you'll never have long-term success. So when you consider sustainability, I want you to consider that for each one of these tools. So let's move on to our next class of effective tools. And I'm going to share with you, this is what everybody's talking about. I was ahead of the board, by the way, on this. I've known this, we've known this in obesity medicine was coming for a couple of years now. Probably about two or three years ago, I started some patients on these medications for weight loss anyway, not just diabetes, right? The new shots. That's what we're talking about because that's what everybody wants to hear about. And there's a reason for that. They are so much more effective and they did it smart they got the approval for long-term use. And that's not something we've ever had with weight loss medications before. So what does that mean for you? 
That's the ultimate question. So what we have available right now at the beginning of 2024 is versions of semaglutide for weight loss. Listen, guys, Ozempic is the off-label use. It's the same molecule. If you're taking Ozempic, you're already off of evidence-based medicine. Can I just tell you that? I've got a whole pet peeve about all of us saying this is all evidence-based. I'm like, well, you've already broken evidence-based medicine if you're taking Ozempic because the actual branded version of it is Wagovi. Here's the difference. The dosing is slightly different, but they're pretty similar. You go to much higher doses with the Wagovi. Any weight loss medication is gonna be a higher dose than the diabetes medication version of it. But semaglutide is just the name of the molecule that everybody's taking in their shots. Now, right now we're having the whole debate between compounded versus name brand. If you're getting it at this point, you're probably on the compounded version. And that's a whole different discussion that I will do when I'm gonna do a separate one about what to do about the shots, what happens when you come off the shots, cause it's growing so much in the school of weight loss. I wanna talk about it, right? But just know that that's an off-label use too. So a lot of this is already off-label use. This isn't by these guidelines that I'm going to share with you. This isn't by these stats that I'm going to share with you. Why? Because it's just not that available and it's way too flippin' expensive for sustainability at this point. That's it. Yet so many of you are like, but I know so many people are taking it. Yes. So these stats aren't exactly what they're taking, but these are the studies that support it getting approved. Okay, so at about 20 weeks with these semaglutide shots, you're gonna see an effectiveness of about 10% weight loss. That's about five months, 10% weight loss. At 15 weeks, or excuse me, at 68 weeks, which is like a year and a, a few months, right? 52 weeks in a year, so a year and a half almost, 15%. And half of the people who took it reached that, a third of the people reached 20% weight loss. So if you see the sleeve at 25, give or take, and you see semaglutide at 20, give or take, without having to have surgery, you can see where these are gonna end up being pretty comparable. And I'm gonna share with you the newest one that's coming down the pike, which has always been the one I've been the most interested in for a long time. Even over a year and a half ago, we did some trials with this with my with my ladies because it's got higher weight loss results than semaglutide even does. So a third of people are hitting 20% at 68 weeks, 15% in half of the people at 68 weeks, and it is a weekly shot. That's a pretty effective medication. I love so many things about this medication. There are things that I do not love though. And when you consider how you feel with it, I think that is equally as important to the effectiveness of it. And most important, probably the sustainability of it. So when we look at these new shots, let me just lump terzepatide into it because it's going to be true for all of these. This actually just recently got FDA approval as the weight loss version, and they're calling it Zepbound. It's been around as Manjaro. It has at 72 weeks, a 15 to 20% weight loss. At 88 weeks, a 25% weight loss. So you're looking at a little short of two years being at the same percentage as you would be with the sleeve on these shots without having surgery with a reversible form of weight loss. Now, let me just tell you something. That reversible can be great or not so great. <laughs> the side effect profile on these is pretty low, actually. Like a lot of people report, and I've done this with enough patients to know, a lot of people report, I just feel like how I feel like I should have always felt. Like I'm not hungry, I'm not hyper-focused on food. 
I feel like I'm a naturally thin person right now. And that's pretty amazing. And all I have to do is take a shot a week, right? Of course, you have the potential for site injection, infections, and those sorts of things. Probably a lot of people are having GI issues because the way that these shots work is they slow down gastric emptying. So they keep food in your stomach longer. So think about that with the weight loss surgery. It's essentially like filling your stomach longer, similar aspects. But what these shots do that's different than anything we've had before is they go to the brain and they work on the dopamine centers of the brain, right? So they decrease the reward in food for you. That sounds amazing. And as I said earlier, when we see this potential to affect how you feel and we see these increased like potential rates of depression, of course, because they're impacting how you feel about food. And if you've used food to feel good for a long time, how are you going to feel good now? <laughs> I think medicine is playing a lot of games with a lot of this stuff. I'll be honest with you. My new podcast, there's a lot of games that we're calling evidence-based that aren't. They aren't evidence-based, right? Like, is this a depressed mood or is this depression, right? I mean, I think there's a debate there that, that we're not really willing to step into because we want it to all be evidence-based, yet most of you who are using these shots, you're not using them off of that right now anyway especially if you're getting them in any affordable weight, unless you have diabetes. If you have diabetes, they're there for the diabetes. I'm gonna tell you the doses for weight loss are higher than the diabetes doses. So you can see where we get into a little conundrum with these shots, where we're at right now. So a lot of you may take them with the potential side effects or how you feel, you may feel really good. You may feel a lot of constipation, you may feel a lot of bloating, you may have diarrhea, you may have all of those GI side effects, you may see some mood changes. Pancreatitis and small bowel obstructions are our biggest concerns right now um, because it slows down everything, right? And I do want you to notice that any pill you take is going to impact your body. It just does. Look at pancreatitis, right? When we look at that, it's like this is over affecting the pancreas. So you're going to have a risk of pancreatitis. I get a little worried about these shots, to be brutally honest with you, in one aspect, more than anything. I think generally they're safe. I think generally the side effect profile is pretty dang good. They don't work for everybody. They may not work for you, right? Any pill is going to be like that. Any shot's going to be like that. I get more worried about when we start talking about sustainability. And the reason for that is A, they're not sustainable at this point. If you're doing it the evidence-based route, you know, do you do it the compounded route? Is that harmful or not? I think that generally we're seeing people using them across the board and doing pretty dang well with them, right? There's always gonna be this space where the pharmaceutical industry and the FDA come out against it. They're going to, why? Because they're like, we didn't give them the semaglutide for that. So where are they getting it, right? They're probably getting it from India or China is where they're probably getting it from. I just wanna be brutally honest with you guys on this podcast episode. No one's telling you this, so that's the truth, right? And so can they control that 100%? No. Are we seeing like a lot of horrible things occurring because of it? Not yet. <laughs> like, have you heard it? Not yet. I mean, that's the version that most people are taking of it at this point, unless they have diabetes. So I don't know. I kind of think it's a personal decision more than anything in that. Really, that's, that has been something I've thought about a lot. Because is it fair that only the people who can afford a lot of medication can get these medications when you could use it in a much cheaper way for someone else, but it's going to be off-label use, yet so much of what we're doing is off-label use. So I'll leave that decision up to you. <laughs> I'm still on the fence on it. I'm on the fence. I'll be brutally honest with you there. 
The other thing I'm on the fence on, and I have a more definitive opinion on this, so I'll just share it with you because this is my podcast and I get to, is the sustainability of these shots. Do you want to be on them for the rest of your life? And is it safe for you to be on them for the rest of your life? You see, we've got like 68 week trials, but what we're saying is this is a medication for the rest of your life. And any tool you pick, I maintain the sustainability is as important as the effectiveness for you. I actually think with the other tools, I think you can come off of them. No one is gonna say that right now. But here's the thing I want you to know. If you know what's coming, and if you know how to manage your mind around what's coming when you stop them, why would you stay on them the rest of your life? I want you to think about that for a moment. So I've been researching because I was at a recent conference and listening to them talk about the risks with this. And we know the, you know, there's been some suicides. There's been some, a lot of pancreatitis, small bowel obstructions. Those are probably the worst things we're seeing. But one of the lectures was really hitting on the pancreatic cancer risk. And that scared me. And I'll tell you why. Um, my father-in-law passed away from pancreatic cancer a couple years ago. It's one that scares me anyway. So I probably am more scared of it than the average person. Like I'm on guard for it right? Let me just put it that way. But in my mind, that potential scares me for long-term, right? If we do know it causes pancreatitis, do you want to be on this long-term? I think most of us don't, most patients don't anticipate that. I think a lot of doctors do. And there's a disconnect that no one's talking about there. <laughs> Especially if you're going to somewhere like Weight Watchers, where that's what they're selling you, their plan for you is to stay on that. It is, and it is indicated that you can. Now, I looked up the studies on this because I really wanted to get clean with it, and I will tell you that there is not a statistical risk with pancreatic cancer. There in the case studies has been a reported case though, that's it. So statistically, could that have been from something completely different? Yes. Was it likely? Yes. Do we know what this looks like 20 years from now? No, they haven't been around that long. That's my concern. One year, two years, I'm not really worried about it. I'm worried about people saying they're gonna be on this the rest of their life. And the other concern I have with sustainability of it is this. What we are saying is that this is a chronic disease in obesity medicine. Agreed, this is a chronic disease. Obesity is a chronic disease. That being said, what we're saying is you need to stay on the treatment for life then. And the treatment needs to be medications. That's the route this is going. And I'm gonna tell you, if a patient loses weight and they have high blood pressure, okay? If they lose weight and their blood pressure gets under control, do we say that they didn't have high blood pressure? No, we say that they have high blood pressure. We say that they have hypertension. Do we keep them on the medications to maintain it? No, because they don't need them. And that's the disconnect that nobody's talking about here with these shots. It's like, but, but you do need them to maintain your weight. But do you need them to maintain your weight? Not if you know how to navigate this. And that is not about medications. That's about the plan you pick to navigate it alongside the medications. You see, I think in sustainability, you can anticipate wanting food more and being more hungry after you stop these shots. And if you're playing the game as sustainability of being on and off of them, you know what that looks like. I can tell you what it looks like right now. You wanna know what it is? I've done it with enough people to see. You'll probably maintain where you're at for a while. You won't lose anymore when you stop them, but you won't probably gain a lot back until you give up on all the, all the mindset changes that go alongside it. You can anticipate that with them. They speed up weight loss. That's amazing because they make you less hungry. That's how they change your eating, right? They make you less food focused. 
So I just want you to consider that when you're looking at these shots. It's This is literally where my brain has been with the shots. In our Lively Lady Club, I have an obesity medicine coaching bonus where I kind of walk through all of that with you guys of who might it work for, what might you consider, so you can join us. I'm gonna tell you that I think considering the sustainability when you go talk to somebody about these meds is, is the number one key. They likely will give you great weight loss. They likely, likely you'll feel pretty good with them. But the sustainability aspect is the kicker, because I think what we're going to see is the people who don't go about this from a sustainable route, they're going to be heavier than they ever were before on the back end of it, because the food becomes so rewarding and you become so hungry on the back end of them. Even if you're at your goal weight, you have to know how to navigate that. So let's move on to our next weight loss tool of 2024, which is always the last two to share our behavioral modifications <laughs> and exercise. Now, listen, don't turn me off yet. I know some of you guys are like, okay, that's what I wanted to hear. Nope, because here's what I want you to know. These are not well studied. When we look at all of our tools for weight loss, this is the area that goes a little gray. And when I consider what you can get from behavioral modifications, meaning what historically in medicine that means is looking at like planning, eating, exercise, all of the hard lifestyle changes. I always think of behavioral modifications as the lifestyle changes side, right? We're like, it's not about a diet, it's about lifestyle changes. I'm gonna tell you on average, we consider this in medicine, the placebo arm of studies. So our biggest studies are gonna look at it that way, right? The placebo arm averages about six, about 4% in six months. That's quite a bit lower. I'm not actually gonna even cover the older medications like Phentermine and those sorts of things because they're like five to 10% in six months time, right? They're just so much lower than the new ones. We're only using them if we can't use the others at this point pretty much or you don't qualify, right? They're not as effective. So when you think of behavioral from that standpoint, I'm gonna tell you, it's gonna be like, why do it? But I think that the difference between this and what you might call weight loss coaching or mindset of weight loss, for me and my experience has been drastically different. And I'm gonna do a whole nother podcast on this, but what I consider our behavioral modifications is really changing your relationship with food, right? It isn't about lifestyle changes. I always think of it now as it's about styling your life. It's about figuring out how to navigate food so that changing your eating becomes sustainable you feel good doing it and it's highly effective for long-term use. It doesn't turn itself around when you do that. So the average on that is gonna be about 4% in six months, but I do want you to know something. In my nine month small group coaching program, we average 21% initial body weight weight loss, 21%. And when you look at that and compare that to the shots and the sleeve, it's in that range. It's right there. Our results were incredibly different because it wasn't the placebo version of behavioral modifications. It was highly simplified and nailed down to what works for my ladies, right? That's the coaching difference. And that's what really blew my mind about all of this. This is when I started becoming much more interested in the behavioral side of it than any of the others. Because here's what I think is absolutely true. You're gonna have to do this alongside any of the others, or you're gonna regain the weight afterwards. I did after weight loss surgery because my mindset wasn't set with the rules with weight loss surgery. And I think with the shots, if you especially think of them as short term, you're gonna regain the weight afterwards because that diet that they're giving you to go alongside it isn't something you ever plan to continue. 
So when we look at this, what's the potential, right? The effectiveness. Now I will tell you, I'm not doing my nine month program anymore. And there's a reason for that. We went to a monthly membership in my lively lady club because when people hit nine months, what do they do? There's an inherent thing in us that says I'm done. I'm done. And changing your eating is a choice you make for the rest of your life. That might feel heavy, but you're not going to shut that off. And what I really at heart wanted to offer my ladies was a space to always have this available in a way that was affordable for them and worked for them for the rest of their lives. Now, I know you're like, I don't want to do the shots the rest of my life. Why would I want to do mindset the rest of my life? Maybe you don't. Maybe you'd rather do the shots the rest of your life right? If you could look at the effectiveness as similar, which I proved in our nine month program, we can do, right? We don't do the extra crap that you don't have to do. That was without shots, by the way. Interestingly, when we introduce the shots into my program, I will share this. This is an interesting thing. This is a longer episode, but there's a lot to cover here. Interestingly, when I introduced the shots into my coaching program and cut it back to six months, I wanted to see if we could get the same result and we didn't, we didn't. The results were not as high because what we did was we used the shots for a little bit and when people stopped the shots, they sat there instead. Isn't that interesting to consider, right? So each one of these is just a tool. I'm in this ladies. Like when I tell you we practice evidence-based, I don't know if you can even call all this evidence-based because let's be honest, weight loss evidence is highly questionable anyway, but I want to be as evidence-based as we can and as fair in this. And I love all these tools and I want to see how they'll work for you. And I want to help you have the greatest success. That's like my life's work. Why would I do it any other way? So when we did that, the stats weren't the same. Yet at the end of nine months, I didn't want people to think they were done. When they thought they were done, they automatically in our brains want to cut it off a bit. And in doing a small group nine month program, I really felt that it was too financially exorbitant for people to do forever. I think that there's a space to do that very intensely when you're really ready for it. And that's the way I plan to offer that in the future. I'm not offering it right now, but I do plan to offer for my lively ladies a space to do actually some one-on-one -on -one work with me to do some intense work around this for a shorter time period. But I believe that having something behind it that gives you the space to create sustainability is the key. So the sustainability with these behavioral changes is what changes, right? If we can compare effectiveness, the reason I love the behavioral side of it or the coaching side of it is because it creates so much more sustainability for people. And in that also the potential side effects are so low. Like, what are the potential side effects of changing your eating to be a way that you feel good eating, of learning how to master your mind? It, it's like the potential side effect is changing your life. It's getting healthier. It's being the healthiest version of you. It's changing your life. It's taking ownership of your body. Like, there's no negative potential side effect here. There just isn't. And when we look even at cost, it's cheaper than probably any of the other options. Don't get me wrong, there's a lot of very expensive coaching programs out there, but my desire to go to a monthly membership had everything to do with the desire that this is something, as a physician, I wanna help a lot of people. It's just in my heart. Like I really wanna help change the lives. And I know that, you know, some people it requires a higher level like accountability with, and I do intend to offer my small group in the future again, but I gotta get this in place first. And this is a way that you can do this. It's not going to be financially exorbitant in a way that you can only do it for a few months. And that matters to me. 
because I want you to have a sustainable plan here. I want you to be able to have access. We have, you know, at this point, we have three coaching calls a week. You can come in and be like, my mind is gone haywire. What's happening? <laughs> That's our goal. So in that, there's really like no potential side effects. The sustainability is built there. And I'll tell you, our first lively lady club stats, we have ladies who hit 10% at four months. That's probably going to be my most assertive groups. So 10% at 20 weeks with semaglutide is five months. We have ladies who hit it at four months in our lively lady club membership. I don't have our long-term stats yet. This has only been open for five months. I want them, but I can't give you them yet, right? And so I do, we have ladies who are there who are doing these same numbers with just behavioral modifications. I hate that word. Lifestyle changes, I hate that word. With coaching, with mindset, with changing your relationship with food. And so that is a huge growing tool. You probably have looked around and seen lots of coaching. Lots of people are now coaching. Let me just put it that way, right? I always laugh because I'll see people and I, if you watch, everybody's going the coaching route. It's like you watch people become successful at something and then you watch them trend to the coaching route. Why is that? Because coaching allows us to literally do what we want, right? It's not regulated, by the way. So somebody to say they're a coach just means they say they're, they're a coach. And I have a little bit, like, I think that has a potential side effect. So who you pick to coach with does matter. I would obviously recommend coaching with an expert. Obviously, I'd recommend coaching with me if this is something you're of interest in. But I don't work with everybody, right? I work with the women who have significant weight to lose. I don't care if you're in the space of like, you know, I want flat abs or I want to run a marathon. I'm probably not your coach for that, right? I'm your coach to get healthy. I do have ladies who just want to lose 10 pounds. And if they have a history of trying diet after diet and yo-yoing back and forth, this is still the place for you. That's the ladies I work with. And so I want to be fair with you and let you know that. But our stats, I don't know if there's other coaching programs that have done their stats to take a look at this weight loss wise. I know there's a physician who coaches only physicians who's done that. But our stats are pretty dang good. I don't have them on our Lively Lady Club, but I don't anticipate that we can't be right alongside it, especially the further we get into this and the more we hone in this process. So the last I want to share, as always, is exercise, right? Let's talk about exercise and supplements. I know this is long, but I have to throw it in. Exercise alone, effectiveness, 1.5% weight loss over a six-month period. It just doesn't even compare in effectiveness. But the potential side effects are pretty low, right? Other than it overwhelming your schedule, it's good for your health. It's good for your mindset. It's good for being the healthiest version of you. I absolutely recommend exercise for that, but not for weight loss. It's just not where it's at. The sustainability issue becomes the biggest issue, I think, with it because it's stuff we just lump on to our weight loss process that starts killing our schedule and overwhelming our schedule. There is a place for it. When you hit maintenance, you want to be exercising. The studies support for preventing regain, it really matters. So if you're doing these shots, you just need to know, right? There's a lot of work you're going to do on the back end if you don't do it now. But adding that in later as you become the healthiest version of you becomes almost a natural thing to want to do. And supplements, right? All of that. I'm going to tell you, they're not well studied, but most of them have no statistical significance at all. 
So I don't even really lump those into weight loss because they don't really have a lot of significance. That being said, there may be a beautiful study that comes about in the future and says a supplement is fantastic, right? I am open to that because listen, we don't have the you know um, pharmaceutical industry to support these studies for natural aspects. It's kind of like why fentramine historically was only for short-term use because that's the most we were getting back then. Well, now it's really interesting because we're saying these medications are for long-term use, yet we will won't still say that fentramine could be for long-term use. There's a little disconnect there. So I want to give it space to just know that at this point, there aren't a lot of studies to support any effectiveness with those over placebo. That means over the lifestyle changes that you do that come along with you taking a supplement. All right, my dear lively ladies in the making, if you want more on this, I'm going to create a handout because this is a lot that you could even take a look at for yourself, take to your doctor to discuss all of that, right, this year. And I'm doing a free challenge to help you jumpstart 2024 and join us in the Lively Lady Club. I'm gonna tell you, it is my heart and soul to use all of the tools to our greatest benefit. That's something that's very unique in what I can do that most people cannot do. And I'm open to it, man. I am open to this to get you the best results we can get you, but I will not sacrifice in any of these areas. If it has to be, I want you to be informed. I want you to be empowered and I want you to know what you're creating. And that hopefully was the whole intent of this episode. Hit me with your questions in the challenge. Hit me with your ideas and suggestions. I cannot wait to create an amazing 2024. Today is absolutely the day. Click the link in the show notes. If you love today's episode, make sure to share it with a friend who needs to hear it too. Leave me a review and click subscribe to get the latest updates on all my new podcast episodes. Ready to reach your healthy weight goals and drop the endless diet cycle? Head on over to emilyvinzantmd.com and learn more about working with me in Dr. Emily's School of Weight Loss, my virtual weight loss coaching program. The link is in my show notes.